Welcome to the Global Wellness HQ family of podcasts. We are your international headquarters for resources and ideas and insight in relation to the nine elements of holistic wellness. Join us as we interview local and international wellness experts and learn how you can implement and improve one element or dimension of wellness at a time. Our experts will share their practical tips on wellness in one of these core areas. Emotional, intellectual, occupational, physical, environmental, financial, spiritual, social, or habitual. We created our family of podcasts as a resource for anyone who is looking to integrate the nine elements of holistic wellness into their daily lives. Welcome to the show. The Global Wellness HQ family of podcasts is proudly sponsored by the Global Wellness HQ community. It's an online membership group where we meet, we share ideas, we share insights, and we all work together and help one another discover our own personal wellness journeys. If you'd like to join us, you can easily click the link below or scan the QR code, and we love hearing your stories, so we hope to see you in the community. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. I'm really excited to introduce you to Julie Medesi. Julie, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's good to be here. All right. Well, let's ask the hard question first. Um, why don't you tell my audience who you are, um, who you work with, and what you do for your clients? Certainly. Um, I am a master health coach and a personal trainer. And I am an American expat living in Italy, and I love to work with women over 40 who are going through that lovely transition in life known as perimenopause and menopause, because I like to help them feel great, look great, and kick midlife in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So tell me, what are you passionate about in life? And I, I get the sense, I think we found it, but... Uh... Why don't you share that for our audience? Certainly. I, I have multiple passions because I don't sit still very well. Um, my biggest passion is health and wellness. I think if we could make the world a healthier place, it would be a happier place. Um, I'm passionate about kindness. I'm passionate about being outside and being active. I'm passionate about good food and good wine, and uh, good people. I love it. Now, I, I usually ask about business advice, um, but given that you're, you're straddling the wellness and the business side, I'm going to ask you for two. Um, but we'll start with business. So what's the best business advice you have ever received, and how did it impact you? Oh, that's that's easy. The the best business advice I ever received was don't sell, make connections. I love um, that. Yeah, you know, everybody I everybody has that squirmy, icky feeling when you get those cold DMs from people trying to just sell you when they haven't even tried to figure out who you are, or what you do. And, you know, used car salesmen get a bad rap, but, you know, in many cases, justifiably so. Sadly, um, but, yep. <laughs> yeah, but nobody, nobody likes that kind of pushy approach. And I, and I'm my, my passion and my strengths are in coaching, not in selling. And so what I like to do is build relationships with people and serve them 
And once they're in my world and I'm able to to help support them and, and serve them in the way that they need, they can decide if, if coaching is right for them. And I, my business has grown much more by doing that than trying to actually sell people things. I love that. And given what you do for a living as a coach, um, it's very hard to go from, um, you know, being a relationship person and then hard U-turn and say, okay, now I'm in sales mode. And then mm -hmm. tomorrow, oh yeah, the, the coach shows up again. Um, I, I find that most coaches don't like that. They, they don't feel right making that switch. Um, mm -hmm. Spoiler alert, neither do your clients. No, exactly. <laughs> you <know>? But <clears throat> the, the, one of the things my coach said to me before is the transformation is in the transaction. And one of the things I realize is that money isn't dirty or bad or, or nasty. It's, it's a necessary part of life, but money is really just energy and we're exchanging energy. I'm providing a service to people who need my support. And in exchange, they're providing me with the currency, you know, electricity, current currency. Yeah. I like to think about it that way. I, I love that. Now I'm going to ask a follow-up question. Um, what's the best wellness advice you've heard or you share? I think the most important thing is follow what makes you feel good. Um, so many people are looking for the next diet or the next meal plan and trying to adhere to some rigid rules and regulations, thinking they have to give up everything they love. And that's just not true. And if, if something doesn't feel good to do, you're not going to do it for very long. And nobody wants to go through life feeling punished and restricted and deprived. Um, so, so I like to teach people how to add things in that make them feel good and tune into how their bodies respond to different foods and different movement, um, different stress management techniques, different thought patterns. It's, you know, we look at the at the person as a whole because we are complete beings with whole lives, not just uh, not just belly fat or not just um, you know a diet to follow. So, I love it, and, and you know, I think it's it's being genuine and authentic to yourself. You know, if if you're gonna pick a fitness regime or a diet that you hate, you know. Um, mm -hmm. There, there was some diet, it was like the avocado diet. And personally, I don't trust avocados. I think they're greasy. <laughs> um, <laughs> the texture just weirds me out. Um, sure. You know, mash it up and hide it in something, I'll eat it, but don't give me an avocado slice. Um, sure. Anything that depends on me eating avocados, guess what? It's going to fail, right? Right, exactly, exactly. And it it's finding a way to do things. It's, I mean, it. we're all grownups and we know vegetables are good for us. So when I, I get clients in that say, I want to be healthy, but I don't want to eat vegetables. And I can say, well, okay, um, you don't have to eat vegetables, but it is going to limit the level of healthy you can reach. But let's work with, let's work with that. But the other thing is when you make a carte blanche statement like that, it's, it's not really true. They're probably vegetables that you don't like because they haven't been prepared well. Maybe you tasted them as a kid and haven't tried them again. You know, it's, sometimes we have to be curious and open-minded and try and experiment with things to find what we do like rather than just 
saying, you know, flat out yeah. no to everything. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. And, you know, the, totally off t topic. Well, kind of on topic. Um, mm -hmm. I grew up in a small community and, and the only version of spinach I knew was that weird canned stuff that I, I don't even know if it's a food product, really. Ooh, um, yeah. It's just weird and limp and soggy and gross. And yeah. when I met my wife, she's like, I love spinach. And I'm like, I hate spinach. And then mm -hmm. she's eating fresh spinach in front of me. And I'm like, what is that? She's like, it's spinach. And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> Turns out I like fresh spinach. Don't serve mm -hmm. me canned spinach. <laughs> yep, exactly. And my husband's that way with certain kinds of tomatoes, for example. Um, and I, I remember having a similar um, experience with asparagus. My father used to love asparagus. And my mother would buy it canned. Uh, sometimes frozen, but usually canned. Back in those days, they did, we didn't have a lot of frozen vegetable choices. Yeah. And I hated it because it just tasted, it was soggy and stringy. And then we went to visit my uncle in, in lower Michigan and he grew asparagus and he had huge asparagus fields. So we went out with him and picked it. And within less than an hour, we had picked it, cleaned it, and it was on the table for dinner. <laughs> it was it was not the same food product. I'm telling you, it was so amazing. And I, it's one of my favorite vegetables now. <laughs> and that's, I, I grew up with pickled asparagus. Just oh. don't even. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, again, it, it's really not appetizing. And, and I, I tell my wife, she likes to pickle things. And I'm like, mm -hmm. you do realize pickling was invented like a hundred years ago when, you know, people were dying of starvation. Um, I can go to the store and get fresh produce. I'll take the fresh thing every day over the pickled thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Sad. We can, we can retrain our taste buds. We just yeah. have to be willing to, to give it time and, and try. Absolutely. Now we're going to highlight, cause I, I'm going to guess you see the same thing over and over. Um, but what would you say are the three biggest mistakes that you see your clients making when they come to you as they're starting their personal wellness journey? What are some of the things they're tripping over um, where if you could help them just by sharing it here, they might go, ah, I don't need to struggle with that. Sure. Oh, I've got a list. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, w I would say probably number one is trying to hate themselves thin and healthy. I, I talk to so many women who just berate themselves and talk about, I was bad today because I did this and they punish themselves with exercise and they look in the mirror. As a matter of fact, I had one client who wouldn't even look at herself in the mirror because she was, she just couldn't stand to look at her body and, and having that kind of negative energy about yourself and your body is going to have exactly the opposite effect that you wanted to have. So we do a lot of work on mindset and getting comfortable in your own skin. And I think, you know, if, if you want to create the body you, you want to have, you have to love the one you're in right now, because we take care of things that we care about. We don't take care of things we dislike or hate. And that's a really powerful change that, that I see when people kind of have that aha moment that self-compassion doesn't mean I'm just giving myself permission to do everything and anything 
you know, that's bad for me. It just means I'm going to understand that sometimes I can, I'm not perfect and that's okay. Love it. What are a couple of others? I mean, that's, a, that's my world. If it's not about mindset first, it's hard to get anybody to do anything. Um, yeah. So that's a huge one. And I think uh, anybody listening needs to rewind and replay that because that's huge. Um, is there anything yeah. else you wish you could say to everybody out there who's um, in need of your help? Well, I think something else that we do is uh, is we compare. We compare ourselves to other people. We compare ourselves to our former selves. I, you know, I talked to a client recently who said, I just want to get back to where I was in my 30s. Well, I'd love to be back to where I was in my 30s too, but I'm in my 50s now. That's not going to happen. So being able to let go of what was and embrace what is, you know, if you have to grieve the the woman that, that you used to be, then that's, or the person that you used to be, that's fine. Give yourself time to do that, but start looking at all of the experience and all of the wisdom and all of the amazing qualities that you have now and start here because you know, if you're if you're taking a journey in the car and you've got your GPS, you can't put the the starting point as someplace that you were two days ago. You have to put in where you are today. Um, so so stop comparing, and you can't be another person. You can only be you. So role models are one thing, but I think the social media influencers and and magazines and TV shows just create this unrealistic and dangerous image of what we think we should be um, yep. or who we, yeah, who we think we should be. And so I just say, be, be you, be unapologetically, imperfectly you. <laughs> I and love I, and I, I, I think the third thing, the third big thing is trying to do too much at once. You know, people are looking for the next diet hack. They're looking for the best meal plan. They're they're looking for a specific diet and they're trying to change. Okay, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I have a kale smoothie for breakfast and I'm going to work out for an hour and then I'm going to go to work and I'm going to drink two gallons of water and then I'm going to walk at lunchtime and I'm going to, you know, make these gourmet meals. And it, it just, it's not realistic. Our lives are, are busy. Our lives are jam-packed. We have a lot of competing priorities. And so the fastest way forward is to slow down and take smaller steps. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think one of one of my favorite books is uh, The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. And he says, you know, if you're overweight, let's say you wake up and you realize you're 600 pounds, um, you're not, you didn't get that way overnight. You're not mm -hmm. going to lose the excess overnight. You got to take that uh, slowly, right? Yeah. And it's, and again, it comes back to that all or nothing mindset. I, you know, people say, Oh, I had a binge yesterday. I just, I lost it. I had a stressful day and I binged on whatever cookies, popcorn, candy, but that's okay. You can just pick up and, and do the next healthy thing. The binge isn't going to completely destroy your progress any more than eating one salad is going to get you to your goal, right? <laughs> or one piece of spinach or something. Or exactly, exactly. <laughs> I love it. And, and I, I love how you word it because it is about those small deliberate steps, um, mm -hmm. you know, reminded of the tortoise and the hare, slow and steady wins the race. 
Um, exactly. Well, think about it. If you're saving for retirement, you're not just going to wait, make one giant deposit and be ready to quit your job tomorrow. Yep. Right. It's going to take years. You're going to put in a little bit at a time and it's going to accumulate and compound. And when you take those small, consistent steps and consistency is the main thing. And it doesn't have to be 100 percent. 80 percent is awesome. And if you take those consistent steps, 80 percent of the time, they will all of those little things will compound on each other and it won't feel like a big major overhaul and it won't feel overwhelming and it will feel doable. As a matter of fact, if it feels too easy, it's probably the right thing to do. <laughs> I love it. And uh, one of the, um, in the slight edge, she talks about the power of compounding and mm -hmm. basically says every day, try to be 1% better than you were yesterday. Yep. And by the end of the year, it's miles ahead. Whereas if you, you know, and, and I think that's a lot of people, they, you know, take that big leap they you know yesterday i was on the couch today i'm running a marathon um mm. tomorrow i'm not gonna be able to walk you know it's like exactly. that that doesn't help anybody no it it really doesn't and i can i can speak from experience there because my for most of my life i had two speeds on or off and when i'm on watch out yeah. I would I would be one of those people who said, oh, I haven't ridden my bike for a year, but I'm going to go do a hundred mile ride next weekend. <laughs> no. We we yeah. all get too ambitious. Um, mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to change this to to action items, because a lot of the people watching and listening to this, they're looking for, you know, what's that next step? And, and again, I'm not looking for the magic button or the easy button, but what are some mm -hmm actionable things somebody who's thinking about improving their health thinking about getting on the journey what are a couple of actionable things they can do today to get ready for that journey i have two things that i start every client with first thing is drink water and i think people are tired of hearing about this but but bear with me water is fundamental to good health Every cell in your body needs it, your blood needs it, your brain function needs it, your bones and your joints and your muscles need it, and your organs need it, and it helps flush um, toxins out of your body, it helps hydrate your skin, it helps, it, most people who get that mid-afternoon fatigue are dehydrated, not, um, you know, needing a, a boost of sugar, and every person I know who actually starts drinking more water tells me they feel better. And I just had a client call today, as a matter of fact, with a woman who has started increasing her water intake. And um, she said, I can't believe the difference in my skin. I can't believe the difference in how I feel when I move. She said, it's just amazing. And it's just water. <laughs> so that that's a big one. And then a, another one that's actionable is do give yourself five minutes every day and, and start a five minute habit. And it doesn't matter what it is. It can be the same thing every day. It could be something different every day. The main thing is to do something every single day, ideally at the same time. So you can attach it to something you already do, but five minutes. 
and when you can do something and it could be again drinking um drinking your glass of water um taking your vitamins it could be setting your workout clothes um out the night before so they're ready to put on first thing when you get up in the morning it could be um sitting quietly and doing some breath work it could be meditating it could be going for a 5 minute walk um it could be 5 minutes of some kind of calisthenics it doesn't really matter what it is it just matters that it feels like something that will support you and your health goals. And that, just a quick story, when I, when I first started working with my coach, she gave me this habit and I seriously cried for three days. I, I thought, what on God's earth is going to help my health improve and help me lose weight for in five minutes a day? There's nothing I can do in five minutes a day that's going to make any difference. And I was... Oh my gosh, I was, I was, I almost quit the program. And I thought, okay, I'll show you. And so I started a habit of, I don't know if you know, EFT and tapping. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, I'd always been curious about it. And I, I wasn't sure it was going to work anyway. So I thought, fine, I'll just tap for five minutes a day. And I, I kid you not, at the end of two weeks, my husband said, you're different. I said, what do you mean? He said, you're, you're talking differently about when you you're not talking down about yourself the way you normally do you seem more positive I was like oh okay five minutes a day two weeks who knew yeah. and it's funny I mean we we tend to dismiss five minutes uh, but you know even if it's waiting five minutes before you have that snack you know have a drink and then wait five minutes and then if you still yep. need to eat the donut okay maybe you know, but it's just being conscious, I think, more than anything. Yeah, be, be bringing awareness, it, it's really important. And if, you know, if you think about it, five minutes a day adds up to 35 minutes a week. If I asked you to just set aside a half hour to do something, you would say, I don't have that much time. Yep. But, but if you have five minutes, and if you don't have five minutes, then you seriously need to rethink your priorities. I mean, five minutes, you can, you can do a five minute habit while you're in the bathroom. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. have to be some extravagant thing. Just yeah. five minutes. And if five minutes is too much, start with three minutes or two minutes, but just do it every single day, do it consistently. And you'll be surprised at how quickly that blossoms into a bigger habit of something else because it feels good. And you start to build that trust with yourself that you can actually do something um, consistently. I love it. And one of the other books I share a lot with with my network and my connections is a book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. Mm. And favorite, yeah. I love the 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 intentionality, if that's a word, I'm gonna make it up if it isn't, but you know, it's it's about designing your day. Cause I, I think that's the biggest oh, I don't have time is we don't take that you know, again, five minutes in the morning to mm -hmm. plan your day and say, here's what I need to accomplish today. Yeah. Well, and, and, and competing priorities is, and this kind of goes along with that atomic habits principle and the, in the simplifying setting more than three priorities in a day is setting yourself up for failure. Like choose your top three for the day. And once those are done, then you're welcome. You know, you're open to do whatever else comes up, but, but, that way you can focus on what's really important. And, and by the way, one of those priorities should be some self-care. I love it. 
So I asked you for a couple tips and you've given us an amazing number. So um, <laughs> no, 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 never apologize. You, you <laughs> over delivered. So I appreciate that because, you know, one of the things I, I will, the only criticism I have of my wife is she will give and give and give. She'll help everybody else. And then she falls over exhausted. Mm -hmm. and, and I have to remind her that, you know, she needs to prioritize self-care because when mm -hmm. she's exhausted, she's no good to herself. She feels guilty. You know, th there's mm -hmm. all these negative emotions around it. And it's like, yeah. you know, say no to somebody. And, and that's my little bonus tip is, you know, every yes is a no to something else. So if mm -hmm. you're saying yes to that committee or that volunteer position or whatever it is you're saying no to self-care yep and and no is a perfectly good response to something that you know saying yes out of guilt is is saying no to to your sanity and in, in to some degree and and it really does affect your mental health because you carry all that guilt and then you carry resentment about it because it's preventing you from doing other things or it makes you tired and burnout is a is a real thing. I've been there. Yep. Um, and it's not fun. And it takes a long time. It it can take 18 to 24 months to recover from from burnout. Um, That's, so it's, uh, it's a, I, I burnt out once and, and I was like, ah, I'll be fine, I'll be fine. I'm I'm mm. a robot. And then it was like, holy crap. Yep. <laughs> Should have listened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then it's and then it's a very it's a very long and frustrating process back to, you know, a new normal. Uh, yeah, and, and you, you mentioned earlier you had two speeds. I had flat out and fall over. You know, it yeah. was just, <laughs> it's like what a weird cycle. And and one of my mentors said, you know, if you slow down just a little, you can avoid the fall over. Um, and ironically, you're more productive because you're not running flat out and. I was like, wow, yep. this is so different. I my my coach has me. I time block my days now. I sit down on Sunday and I just do a mental, uh, I call it a brain dump on a piece of paper, and I think about all the things I think I need to do in the week. And then I and then I block time during my days to get all these different projects accomplished. And the first thing that goes in is my self care. That is that is not negotiable. And when I skip it, I feel fatigued and frustrated and unfocused and I'm not productive. And when the days I do it, even when I, if I think I don't have time, I add 15 extra minutes to meditate. Um, and my day is always more productive. It's the, the classic, I hear that a lot. Oh, I don't have time to meditate. And honestly, that, that's how I start every day, not necessarily, you know, sitting there um, in some weird yoga pose contemplating the universe, but it's usually yeah. intentionally thinking about what do I need to accomplish? And, and my, my routine's really simple. Uh, what are the th three things I need to do to accomplish today to call it a win? Mm -hmm. And everything else I can ignore. Yeah. And I, you know, for people who struggle to, I mean, you can do a walking meditation. So there's your five minute walk and your meditation together. Bonus. 
And those are, there are loads of those on Spotify or YouTube. I do guided meditations because I find it difficult to calm my mind down. Um, and I use a tool called Insight Timer, and I absolutely love it because there are thousands. It's free. There are thousands of different meditations on any subject you can imagine. There's background music. There, there's even meditation for kids. It's, it's a tremendous tool. And I set myself a goal this year of not missing a single day um, because it's had a profound effect on my life. I love that. And I think that's huge. It's that continuity it's that you know incremental progress because it does compound over time and you're either yeah. compounding positively or negatively and it's just so much yeah. more fun positively I like positive and <laughs> and seriously on some some days when I really seriously have like I have an appointment or I have a call or something I'll still do a two-minute meditation and call that good enough and there are such things I love that. Well, we're we're nearing the end, so I have the hardest questions, and I always leave them to the end. Um, are there any questions that my audience is screaming at me right now, saying, "Jeff, ask this," but you're the expert at being Julie. You're the expert at what you do. Are there any questions I should have asked you that I haven't? Um, I can tell you that um, I would love to meet up with anybody who's interested. Um, I am in the midst of um, launching my 90-day transformation program called Begin, and that's a really exciting project I'm working on, and that starts on January 30th, and I would love to um, explore that with anybody who might be interested in the program. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that because it ties into the next hardest question. Uh, how can people connect with you and learn more about working with you or your 90 day program? Um, they can find me. I usually hang out on Facebook. That's where you'll find me most often. And it's my profile is Julie Medesi. And I'm also on Instagram, which is at Julie's Playground. And I'm on LinkedIn as well. I have a website, which is avexiahealth.com. And I would love to connect with anybody. I offer a 30-minute breakthrough session for anyone who's interested. And even if you aren't looking for coaching, I, I would love to at least help get you on your way to reaching your goals with some actionable items um, at the end of one of those sessions. And then you can decide if coaching is right for you. And I'd love to welcome you into my coaching world. Awesome. Well, Julie, I, I can't thank you enough for your time. I know you're you're busy changing lives. Uh, I appreciate that you took the time out. So thank you for hanging out with me and my audience today. It's been really fun. Thanks a lot, Jeff. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. We hope that you enjoyed this episode and we invite you to either click the link below or scan the QR code to register and listen to other episodes of our podcast. Or if you think your business or you would be a great guest to be on our show, we're always looking for experts in one of the nine elements of holistic wellness. We'd love to have you. You can either click the link below or you can scan the QR code and complete our speaker intake form. Thank you and to your wellness.